Hi everyone, this is Tavinus here welcoming you to another episode of Leadership Biz Cafe, brought to you by Tavinusir Leadership, our leadership firm that offers both virtual as well as in-person leadership keynotes and workshops. So if you've been enjoying what you've been learning on my show about how to improve the way you lead and would like to learn more, drop me a line through our contact form at tavernasir.com so we can discuss how I can delve deeper into these insights through one of my leadership keynotes or workshops. And while you're there, don't forget to check out my award-winning leadership blog as well. And with that, it's time to warm up our espresso machine and brew up another leadership espresso shot. In a recent piece I wrote for my leadership blog, I shared various measures leaders should be employing to ensure they're not only avoiding the creation of silos in their organization, but the more damaging and divisive mindset of looking at people in terms of us versus them. I'm happy to say the piece was not only very popular, but it inspired several of my readers to email me to share their own challenges with this growing problem in their organization, where they've had to ask employees to refrain from discussing certain topics or issues because of how it can erode collaboration between people. Of course, there were a few readers where the problem was less of how to avoid this issue as what to do when a toxic workplace takes hold in your organization. And sadly, this is a question I do get from some people who attend my leadership keynotes. Now, while each situation is different and comes with its own set of variables and constraints that leaders have to work with, there are nonetheless some threads these different toxic workplace scenarios share in common. So from that lens, what I'd like to do in this Leadership Espresso Shot is share four steps that will help cure a toxic workplace in your organization. And the first step you need to take is to identify and rally what I call change champions in your organization. And the reason why this is the first step towards curing a toxic workplace has to do with understanding how our brain operates. Neuroscience has shown that our brain is hardwired to avoid threats in our environment. More specifically, how those neural signals we get from our different senses are processed first through this lens of whether it's a good or bad experience. And this is done before our higher brain functions are able to create a context for what we're seeing, hearing, or feeling. Of particular note here is that an event doesn't have to be dangerous or harmful for our brain to label it as a threat. In fact, our brain is hardwired to label anything that creates ambiguity or uncertainty as a threat and consequently something we should avoid. And all of this happens subconsciously, which is why we may not be able to rationally explain why we fear something, only that we do. In the case of making changes in your workplace environment, even though your employees might be working in a toxic workplace, many of them will be resistant to changes in their environment because of the uncertainty this evokes in their brain. As much as they might hate the kind of working environment they now have, the fact that they don't know for certain whether the changes you propose will work is enough for their brains to overwhelm them with this sense of trepidation and fear in supporting this change. Fortunately, neuroscience has also revealed that our brain is quite malleable, and that's why the first step to curing a toxic workplace is to identify and rally those change champions amongst your employees. 
These are the people who see and understand how the measures you propose will help to improve working conditions, and consequently, they will want to help you to put them into action. In other words, to cure a toxic workplace, you need the support of employees who can rally others to overcome their doubts and fears, because they model that sense of optimism and hope that these changes will improve things and their workplace culture. Bear in mind, though, that you will have naysayers who will resist and challenge this, but the key here is to identify these change champions so you can get them on board fast to help you shift the perception of the ambivalent majority in order to give these measures the momentum required to affect real change. Now, once you've identified these change champions, the second step you need to take is to encourage a sense of shared ownership over the process to detoxify your workplace. While at the beginning, it's important for you to provide the framework for the kinds of changes that need to be put into place to cure your toxic workplace, as the situation evolves and the process progresses, it's important that you encourage your employees to write themselves into the narrative that will help to shape what your workplace environment will look like at the end of this process. In the first installment of this Leadership Espresso Shot series, I talked about how to create a compelling vision that inspires the best from your employees. And one of the points I shared was encouraging your employees to make your organization's story their own. And this is exactly what you need to do here if you want this kind of change to happen in your organization. And if you want to learn more about how to do this, check out episode 31, my first Leadership Espresso Shot. Just remember that the foundation of a healthy workplace is one where employees feel heard and understood, that they know their voice and contributions matter to the overall success of their team and organization. After all, the inverse is one of the conditions that's often associated with toxic workplaces, one where employees feel disrespected and undervalued. The third step you need to take to cure a toxic workplace is to start small to minimize risks and earn quick wins. And this brings us back to that first step I shared about addressing how our brain is hardwired to focus more on avoiding threats at all costs. Now, with any kind of change initiative, you're bound to experience gains and losses. But when it comes to curing a toxic workplace, it's important to not let these inevitable setbacks impede your efforts to improve the working conditions of your employees. That's why it's important that you don't let the urgency of detoxifying your workplace influence the size and scope of the measures you're trying to implement. Rather, what you should do instead is focus on putting into action small measures that will help you to not only minimize risks, but also allow you to get some quick wins to prove that things can be improved. One other point I'd like to bring up here is that you should also make sure that you create a set of specific metrics that will allow you to provide hard facts to back up these perceptions. Again, looking at how our brain responds to uncertainty, it's not going to be enough at times to get others on board purely with anecdotal evidence. But having clear, irrefutable data that charts the progress and improvements that are being made as a result of these change initiatives will make it much harder for people to contest the validity of broadening these measures into other areas of your organization. Finally, 
The fourth step to employ to cure a toxic workplace is to make sure you demonstrate commitment, not inflexibility, in the process to curing your toxic workplace. And again, this goes back to that first step and that threat avoidance wiring found in our brain. Except that this time, we're looking at this from the vantage point of our own brain and not that of your employees. When it comes to pushing any kind of change initiative in your organization, it's important that you show an unwavering commitment to the process in order to assure your employees that you won't throw in the towel the minute you hit your first roadblock. The challenge, though, is not to allow your brain to transform this initial unwavering commitment into becoming inflexible over making adjustments or changes to your plans in order to achieve the desired outcome. Remember, our brain reacts adversely to uncertainty, which is why it's easy for people to dig in their heels and stick to their way of seeing things, even when it makes little sense to hold on to that notion. The fact is, you can't anticipate every outcome or potential scenario when trying to cure a toxic workplace. So while it's important that you show your commitment to curing this toxic work environment, you have to be mindful that you don't become so rigid in your perspective that you fail to take into consideration what new information reveals about what's really going on. And again, this goes back to that second step of encouraging a sense of shared ownership with your employees over this process. That to improve the way we work, we can't lose sight of the importance of listening to differing viewpoints, to ask questions and learn from the experiences of others, as this is a critical factor to transforming a toxic work environment into one where everyone is empowered and driven to commit their best efforts to that shared purpose. And with that, we come to the end of another cup of Leadership Espresso Shot. As I said at the start of this episode, these four steps are not the only measures you need to take to cure a toxic workplace, as every workplace is naturally different because it's made up of different people with different experiences and perspectives. But employing these four steps will nonetheless help you to not only cure a toxic workplace, but create that much needed space to address the underlying issues that let this kind of negativity take hold within your organization in the first place. And it's these kinds of insights and observations that I'm happy to provide your organization through either a virtual keynote or leadership workshop. We've been doing more virtual keynotes lately, and if you'd like to learn more, just drop me a line through our contact form at tavinasir.com. And if you enjoyed this or previous episodes of my leadership podcast, I'd appreciate it if you could share it with your network. Easiest way to do this is to simply share a link to our podcast page at tavinasir.com slash lbc there you can not only play every episode of our show using the built-in media player but you can also find links to subscribe to our show on iHeartRadio, spotify apple podcasts deezer pandora google podcasts and stitcher radio so you can catch our latest episodes as soon as they're released and with that i'm tavin nasir and you've been listening to leadership biz cafe (laughs) 